Listening to people who are excited about the name of a podcast. Sponsored by Hobson's. Yep, that's me, and we're celebrating the festive season and a whole year of podcasts by inviting some great guests from 2010 back for drinks and promos. Drinks and promos, everybody. Yeah, all your favourite earshot contributors are here. And the ones you hate as well. <laughs> and it's great to have the boys and girls from Hobson's with us. We mention them in every podcast. And now, for the first time, we get to say hello. Hello, hello Hobson's. So we'll be chatting to uh, Jonathan from Hobson's in a little bit. Also with us, Joe Thomas from Absolute Radio. Hello. David Couch from Maple Street Studios. Best of greetings. James Cridland. Uh, hello, do I, do I not get where I'm from? Radio futurologist James Cridland. <laughs> James Cridland from Media UK. Hello. Also, we've got Chris Nickel here from WizFX. Hi. And Global. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a choice of edits there. And James Dodds here from the mighty BBC. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome. And uh, I want to say hi also to and, and thanks to Kerry McCarthy and Jim Bowman, both of whom have sent in audio uh, for today's programme, but couldn't be here for various reasons of being overworked or stuck in snow. Great radio production and the people who make it. So what we're going to do in this podcast, special edition, is just play our favourite production audio from the year. And let's start with the Radio Academy Promotions and Marketing winner of the year, which is Absolute Radio, and Joe Thomas is here. Pretty exciting, isn't it, being part of that? It's great, mate. Yeah, after being there for three months, I can claim all the glory. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be clear, you're doing breakfast, is that right? Yeah, I'd started... um, about three months ago in imaging but now I've been moved to breakfast what what did you do wrong I, I don't know hopefully it was something right <laughs> hopefully and well you done. yeah well done <laughs> Thank you. and do you get to spend any time on some editing software doing some production yeah uh, breakfast promos every day as well as a lot of S&P stuff as well brilliant and what's your favourite piece of audio from the year you want to play for us now um, well I've brought two I know that would be greedy um, the first one uh, it, which is uh, I'd love to claim the glory for but I didn't um it was made by Lee Price back at Absolute. Um, and I think it's a brilliant way of showing um, a music demo in just a fun, easy, nice way. The sound of one man clapping. The sound of the no repeat guarantee. I can't believe the news today. When September ends. Sometimes I feel like singing. Weekdays between 10 and 5. Now, the sound of me shutting up. (laughs) (laughs) James Cridland's here. You're a big fan of Absolute Radio, aren't you? I think that everything that Absolute Radio does is very very clever. It's very humorous. It's very very, uh, funny. And I think more more than that, um, they also change it a lot. Um, And there's nothing worse than hearing that same old joke, which you've heard five times in the last two hours on some some, uh, stations, certainly on Absolute. Whenever I tune in, I'm hearing new new and exciting and fresh stuff and stuff that genuinely make you laugh. Who else here actually listens to Absolute out of choice? Okay, James Stodd from the BBC. What do you like about the station? Well, I think I agree with James as well. Actually, it's uh, it's it's the freshness of ideas, the uh, the ability to try something different, and uh, not particularly take yourself too seriously. I think that's the the thing I, I love about it. You know, it's uh, it, it does all the things it has to do, but in a in a, in a new way, and it's all it's all pretty simple. You know, they don't they don't. I, I think they get away with with doing it without all the technology and sort of fancy tools that everyone likes to to play with. I think if you took all that away, Absolute Radio would still sound pretty much the same. You have to fall back on on, on, on a good old idea. I th- absolutely. It's, it's certainly ideas-driven rather than uh, format-driven, but uh, they very much reflect a format with their ideas. So, Joe, when you join that station, that's a lot to live up to. Yeah, it is. Um, but I've come from um, the, a similar sort of crop. Um, I was at, Last time I was at the podcast, I was at Jack in Oxford. Um, so we, it's a similar sort of vein of being creative um in everything you do you know to put a new spin on any old idea you can and do you just feel that in the building or do you have to work at that 
Yeah, um, I mean, coming from Jack, where there was, you know, how many, 15 people there, and now there's 90 people in the building. Um, but that buzz is still there, the creative buzz with everyone. Um, you know, take any idea, put a new spin on it, put another new spin on it, and then you'll get there. Well, because you've won the uh, top award this year with <laughs> promotions and marketing, we'll give you a, a second piece of audio to run. And uh, what's this? We've launched um, an, numerous different um, uh, digital services this year, but um, there's always room for a classic well-made uh, piece of audio. Uh, I think this proves it. We've got a brand new station. It's called Absolute Radio 90s. And it sounds like this. All I ever wanted, all I ever needed is You can listen to Absolute Radio 90s at absoluteradio90s.co.uk. Round of applause for Joe and the team at Absolute Radio. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's. David's here from Maple Street Studios. David Couch, and you were back on uh, the podcast in, back in uh, August, was it? I remember it was a summer's day. We were outside. Yes, only four months ago, we sat outside with sweat running off our foreheads discussing radio slightly different uh environment now but nonetheless informed we should say where we are ah uh, yes we're in the bowels of the strand palace hotel in a uninspiring boardroom <laughs> <laughs> but we have liquor and friends so we're okay we're making up for it yes we're making up with it with our friend mr corona thank you and what kind of year have you had at maple street uh well i've joined maple street this year so i'm into my seventh month of being there so we're in a building growing you know phase and it's going really well actually it has been a, a as much as i not a massive fan of the whole work concept actually it's a it's a really positive environment and it feels from a radio point of view like we are really back on a high and a lot of creative work going on in advertising yes Advertisers aren't necessarily going to radio or to press or to digital. They're going to where the best idea is. So for a while, radio lost out because digital was new and exciting and crazy and people loved it. But at the moment, actually, if you can present the best idea and the most interesting way of doing it, clients are putting their money there. And I think that's making radio, and by radio I say radio and Spotify and We7, really up their game. And, and Absolute Radio, we've been waxing lyrical about them, are a great example of that, you know. We send a brief to Absolute Radio for for a potential new uh, S&P idea. We might brief Global, we might brief Bauer, and we just get back from Absolute normally three or four really different interesting ideas that make you think, okay, can we get away with that? Yeah, that's quite funny. So that's great. And what's your favourite piece of creative from the year that we're going to hear now? Uh, my favourite piece of creative, I came across this actually uh, at an awards I was judging. And interestingly, it must have been played just on a little radio station somewhere. I don't think it actually was broadcast nationally. I think in the end, it was such a good idea. Uh, the creatives just really wanted to have a chance to play it. Uh, it's, it's, part, it's Quick Fit. Uh, and it's in keeping in line with QuickFit's new strategy, their new positioning statement, which is you'll be amazed at what we can do. And this idea supports that. And from a production point of view, I think you will be amazed. My fellow citizens, I've come here today to talk to you about something happening of huge importance. Tires? Yes. Tires. We must make sure we have correct tire pressure by keeping our tires inflated. Of course... Citizens should have the right to access free regular tire inspections or if required we must ask for change tire change all this quick fit can do all this quick fit will do quick fit you'll be amazed at what we do thank you I would have loved to have been in the production meeting when the copywriter came down and went Tell you what, we've just got this idea. We're just going to take everything that Obama's ever said and we're going to edit together into the script. Fine, good. Thank you very much. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just listening to that and I remember hearing that before and just thinking with, my, with a BBC head on how on earth would you get the permission to do that? You know, in a, in a, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. I, I'm always impressed, actually. You see all these sort of things on, on YouTube where people have done similar sort of things and mm. cut people around to do clever things. And I think, I think actually, I read somewhere yesterday 
someone was uh, sent out on Twitter you know where, where you should be looking uh, for your, your new creatives and your, your new your new people to sort of bring these ideas to you isn't isn't in the old sort of traditional experience of, of, of radio or agencies it's the people who are creating this new content just for enjoyment and just for you know creative freedom uh, online and I'm sure that's the sort of place where you would find that but it, it's, it's a brilliant idea you know and obviously at the time it was very very current with uh, you know, what was going on in the world as well and uh, to, to have Obama essentially seeming like he's telling you to go to quick fit and not having some you know impersonator do it, yeah. but taking stuff in speech, brilliant Genius. idea, yeah, yeah. yeah. Genius. Yeah. I read a wee while ago a, a, a quote about from movies, people who work in CGI, and they said, you know, our work is done if you don't if you don't notice it, i.e., you just have no idea. You know, if you if you realise those trees are false, they haven't done their job. As a everyday punter listening to the radio, where you we take totally for granted that these things could happen, you wouldn't think twice about what went into making that but as a group of producers sitting around the table as you said James you just realise the amount of work and effort and cleverness that went into editing that together is quite unbelievable and we're going to talk now uh, to uh, Jonathan from Hobson's and we talk about Hobson's in every edition of the podcast but we have yet to hear from anybody at the organisation so Jonathan's kindly come along today Jonathan what's your work involved at Hobson's? Well, I run the studio at Hobson's, so, you know, I basically take care of all the recordings that need to be done and uh, manage the the clients and make the tea and eat the biscuits. So you're fitting in quite happily in a production crowd? Yeah, certainly, yeah. Although having I know what I've picked, and uh, creatively it's not quite as exciting as uh, the quick fit ad. Well, tell us about it. Well, it's more... The reason I picked it was it, it was a sort of planets aligning of a nice client there's a lovely script there's plenty of time i think you know a lot of the stuff we do tends to be squeezed into too many words for not enough time so there's plenty of space in the commercial lovely voiceover and and yeah you know it's it's great to be doing stuff for the for the legion well let's uh, just name check the client oh it's the british legion and it's the gate worldwide as well who uh who brings the work so thanks to them and who are the voiceovers we're going to hear in this? The voiceover is only Tim Whitnell. It was a very straightforward job, but he's, he's read it very nicely. After the homecoming, after the flag waving, many returning service people are left feeling uncertain about their future. Stand shoulder to shoulder with our heroes and make a donation that could help them for the rest of their lives. Call the Royal British Legion on 08458 395 717. Or visit BritishLegion.org.uk And to show your support, don't forget to put on a puppy. What makes a great voiceover session for you? A great voiceover session is uh, a competent voiceover, uh, a nice script that has got plenty of air in it either side, a friendly client, and uh, yeah, you know, that's about it, I think. And what kind of voices do you find your clients are asking for right now? increasingly people are, are braver to go with non-traditional voices i guess you know f- 20 years ago it was essentially rp and and that is still continuing to sort of spread out and uh become more and more diverse i notice in voiceover sessions you get two to two types of voiceovers you get some that give you a read and then just wait because they want to go you either go that's great we're done or can we do it do it again or you get others that you know give you a read or another read and then go oh, I just want to try that again or or I think I can do that in a different way or, or let me have another go at that because they themselves are kind of realising maybe two or three or four times into it they kind of get into the groove a bit and they're maybe discovering a slightly different way or the timing or the pacing of it and those kind of voiceovers at themselves want to do it a bit more and just see if I can get another better version out of the script is quite often what leads to the best result yeah, I think that's a very good point. And actually, as well, you know, it's it's the producer being brave enough yeah. to to let the voiceover uh, experiment and yeah. you know not be too demonstrative in that sort of situation. So yeah, you must see some good direction and some pretty poor direction in your room. The full gamut, yeah, <laughs> the complete spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Any stories yeah. you want to share? <laughs> 
very careful what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, and thanks for bringing your audio along. You're very welcome. The Earshot Creative Review with Hobson's. If you're the kind of producer who likes to start the session with a script's half written and no idea how to pronounce Lemster, then we're the kind of voice artists who won't let anybody ever know. <laughs> it's the Earshot Creative Review. I'm Steve Martin. We're going to hear a couple of pieces of audio uh, now, which have been um, sent in by Kerry McCarthy at BBC Radio 7. Unfortunately, Kerry couldn't be with us today. She tells us that she's editing in the studio till nine o'clock tonight. I suspect there might be a party Christmas involved party. there somewhere. <laughs> uh, but this is um, some work that's been produced for BBC Radio 7 with Kevin Eldon. And Kevin's been presenting the Comedy Club in the evening on BBC 7. And Kevin plus Kerry, plus a guy called Luke Doran, who works at BBC Radio 7, have put together this promo using audio from Kevin's presentation sequences. Hello, I'm Kevin Eldon. Kevin Eldridge. Kevin Eldron. Kevin Eldon. Melvin Drag. I'm only joking. My name is, in fact, Kevin Eldon. And next week, I'll be presenting The Comedy Club. And in between fabulous comedy shows, I'll be saying things like this... Achtung! And this... And this. Oh, the listener will stand. Me, Terry Wells. Hello. Three, two, one. My name is Kevin Nelson. So join me from ten o'clock on Monday night. Till then, total pip. <laughs> so that's um Kevin Eldon, big name from the world of comedy. But what I was particularly interested in was the other audio that was on the end of the file. And this is the stuff that didn't make it to air. <laughs> Hello, my name's Kevin Eldon. Two, three, four. Wow. And uh, next week, I'll be presenting the Comedy Club. Uh, such programmes as, uh, oh, I don't know, Nebulous. Little Britain. Big Boo. It'll be live, of course. Uh, that means there may be mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gone into the studio without a script, just with a talented performer, and just hoped to cook something up? James. Actually, uh, yes. You wouldn't have expected it, but um, one of the uh, creative routes we ended up using for the uh, one of the executions of the BBC Three's um, Composers of the Year campaign, which um, you may remember the TV trail, which was uh, someone in a, a stressful situation and there was a red carpet or red spot on the floor and when they stepped into it you heard classical music and when they stepped out it was the hubbub of a station or whatever. And um, a couple of these executions... It, it was really built around sound so we had a soundscape built of uh, a station and station noises and slowly that transformed into a beautiful piece of classical music the script for that was pretty much uh, we got a voiceover in and said just imagine you're in this situation and just tell me what you could see and they just came up with words, you know, ducks, flowers, children, people. And we literally just, just used the best, best reactions. We sort of had ideas, but they didn't really work on paper. So uh, we, we hadn't quite finalised. We, we had a rough, rough idea, but it was very much being quite brave and trying to do that in a, in a, in a different way. And it, and it worked really well because they sort of built from one to another and they sort of just faded out in, into the music. So uh, I think that's the f first time I've ever done that. And it was pretty stressful because uh, we didn't know until the voiceover session and afterwards whether we'd actually got anything that was going to work. It's, it's, it's something I wouldn't necessarily want to do every day, but I think for, for a station like BBC Radio 7, you know, I think you can get away with that sort of yeah. thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Who wants to hear another piece of Kevin Eldon improv? Yes, please. Wow. Alex Horn has been uh, apparently trying to introduce some kind of music to his presentership of the comedy club. Well, I, I'll always rise to a challenge. My name is Kevin Eldon, and all I can say to you is, hey, everybody, don't go down the pub. Drink all alone to the comedy club. I'll be presenting from Monday at 10. To tune in, and I'll see you then. Rubbish. <laughs> James, let's stick with you and hear some of the audio that you've brought along of your your own work. Well, actually, the, the, I've brought two pieces all along. I don't know if you want to play two. Okay, 
Um, I brought two pieces along. First, the first piece is nothing to do with me at all, but it's something uh, that's come out of the uh, Cross Trails team, um, and it was uh, one of the many uh, executions of uh, creative that uh, they came up with for um, the launch of the new Doctor Who, um, which was. Um, written and uh, produced by Michaela Hallam at the Cross Trails team. And uh, what was different about this, uh, certainly this, the launch series of promotions, were every execution was individually tailored to the programmes and the networks that it was running on. So there was, there was, a, there was a big script which sort of had the, the idea and, and the lines recorded, but there were lots of lines recorded for specific programmes and for specific situations on specific networks. So, for instance, there was, uh, the idea of this was that the Doctor would crash into programming so maybe there'd be a, a travel bulletin on five live and uh the travel bulletin would finish a trail for formula one would start and then doctor who would crash into it just like the tardis absolutely, crashes into a absolutely. nondescript scene and uh, he'd, he'd wonder where he was and he'd talk about where he was and oh i could do with some travel news oh i think i've missed that where am i oh i must be on five live and the the amount of preparation and negotiation that was required with individual show producers and networks to make this happen was immense and then they had to uh, take a, a recording truck down to an RAF base in uh, in South Wales to record with Matt Smith um, on location, basically, and get all of this done, and then create all these individual executions. I can't remember the number of executions, but it, there was a good 20 to 30 executions that ran across different networks. And this is an, a, and actually, the, the brilliant thing about it is he doesn't actually, at the end, there's no voiceover saying when Doctor Who is coming back he mentions the day but it's all quite subtle and then it was followed up with a lot of editorial and then standard tv trails and sort of appointment view things for the second and third weeks uh, but this particular execution was uh, when he crashed into uh, one of chris moyle's links the chris moyle show on bbc radio one still falling talk about crashing through the stars ouch gotta think who am i who am i come on i know this there's the tardis so i'm the doctor yes the doctor where am i Ooh, it looks like a radio station bbc radio one am i meant to be here i don't think so not yet it's not saturday gotta go gotta go gotta go gotta go gotta go ah. I think that's really... I've never heard that before, actually. And, you know, for a long time we hear people talk about how well the BBC cross-promotes using their television to promote their radio. But actually it's one of the few times and probably the best example I've heard of the BBC using their radio to promote their television. And I think that's... there. Uh, yeah, I really like the subtlety of that. I think it's fantastic. James Quidland. And, and some people say, why don't commercial radio do that? And the reason is because it's illegal, because commercial radio can't do that. <laughs> uh, so it, it is brilliant. It is brilliant. And it's the, the thing that, uh, it's the thing that the, the, the BBC is very good at doing, um, really leveraging some of the real benefits that that organisation has. Um, and it's a, real, it's a real shame that commercial radio actually can't innovate in that way and is prohibited by law to innovate in that way. What's quite funny is hearing you, James, say the amount of internal negotiation at the BBC that made that happen, whereby if Global Radio had wanted to do that, Ashley or Richard Park would have gone, we'll just do this, and it would have happened instantly within five minutes on all these radio stations. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's a, there's a difference between why, why that happens. You know, the, the BBC has, has those layers of uh, negotiation and you know, individual producers and individual networks and everything that's, you know, particularly in that campaign, uh, you know, has to be... S- signed off to work you know with the station sound of that particular network also to fit within different places you have to check you know with so many people you know the engineers that the sounds aren't going to cause the transmitters to 
go into emergency mode or whatever and also there's television marketing people and it, I, I, sometimes you know maybe it's overthought but actually I think you know that's what you know you expect the BBC to, to do <laughs> <laughs> no sorry I'll say that again <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's done for a reason to make sure you know the result is, uh, is, is um, as creatively sound as it yeah. can be I should also just mention that was uh, produced in the studio by Dan Snaith another former guest of yours but that is the dynamic of a large organisation isn't it and I guess if you've got a really powerful idea then that's the thing that will help you sell it through definitely and i I think it was a it was a simple idea you know doctor who and his tardis crash into programming and you know then it's just where and when you know on chris moore's show it was in a segue there you know they crashed into one of uh, the tedious links on the chris moore show so and you know they crashed into paul o'grady's show and he commented about it as well so the actual amount of buy-in that you got from the from the presenters and the actual and and, you know the additional you know sort of coverage that that got the program was was immeasurable for some reason i don't know quite why uh, we're going to let you play another piece <laughs> well i thought I'd, I'd try and bring one of mine it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a simple idea i was i, I was uh, given the task of uh, creating some uh, audio to uh, promote the first night of the proms on uh, radio three and radio four um or the trails were running on radio three and radio four and there was a very visual tv idea which you may remember which was lots of people painting a canvas which the camera pulled back and it was the the, the logo and the albatall in in color and it was very you know very difficult to translate that into a radio idea so we actually just took the took the decision to uh, revisit a creative idea that had run on the radio for the past couple of years which was take individual notes from a piece of music and build it into uh, the final piece of classical music so it's the, the, the line for the campaign was catch every note to the bbc proms it was simple as that you had a few notes they built into the piece and we worked with uh, a creative uh, some creative producers at Adelphi Music uh, who do a lot of music for advertising um, to sort of blend these two pieces of music together BBC Proms. Start this Friday night at 8 o'clock on BBC Two and BBC Radio Three. James Storr, that's nice. Yes, thank you. It's a back-to-back James segue now. James Cridland is with us. And James, you've brought along something that's also related to the proms. Indeed, it's a, ba- it's a back-to-back proms segue as well. Um, this is uh, something that I heard in the summer on the BBC World Service. The world's greatest classical music festival. From piano concertos to Viennese waltzes. From choral symphonies to Broadway musicals. Orchestral favourites and music from around the world. The greatest performers, the greatest orchestras and the greatest music. The BBC Proms, starting Saturday at 19 and Sunday at 14 GMT on the BBC World Service. I think those two pieces of audio that we've just heard really um, outline what I liked about um, the BBC's coverage overall, which is that um, when you've got something as good as the the... the the BBC proms are actually really making the most of those across all of your outlets makes a load of sense so having the BBC proms on uh, many of the world service outlets brilliant having it obviously on radio three brilliant having it on on the television on four on two and on one uh, and also doing a ton of really interesting things uh, online as well one of the fascinating things around um, online is that this year was the first um, the first trial of um, some new uh, high definition sound from the proms as well so that if you're lucky enough to have a nice fast internet connection you would have heard even better sound and it's just the the incredible range of um, content that that the organization can pull out of um, what's a really good season of uh, cl- classical music um, in a way that in a way that actually you know if you look at some of the things 
things that uh, commercial radio does, they don't really grab as much of that kind of multi-platform goodness from some of the things that they end up doing. If you've got something like the proms in your, your stable, surely you have an obligation to, to sweat that asset? Yeah, I think, you know, certainly sweating the asset is important. But I think also working out um, – one of, one of the things I learned uh, when I worked at the – the BBC about uh, three or four years, uh, two or three years ago. Um, goodness, it feels like uh, it feels like three or four years ago. Um, is um, is actually how much hard work goes into that um, when you're watching the last night of the fro- of the proms on the television. That is being mixed completely differently than the audio that you're that, that you're hearing on Radio Three. Um, they actually mix the whole thing completely separately because television requires different mixing because of where. The the cameras are because of what the camera angles are doing than on the radio it's it's little hidden away things like that that i had no comprehension of and actually seeing seeing that it's done well it's done obviously expensively um but it's also done uh, it's also done in such a way that actually it does get the most value out of a really important um, musical you know calendar piece for us yeah, if you've ever watched an orchestral performance on BBC Four or one of the, the Proms concerts, when there's a close-up of the oboe, the sound engineers pull up the sound of the oboe in the mix. But on radio, that would never work. Actually, you know, on, on four, no, you don't. But if, if it's on two or one, then they care enough. Uh, weirdly. It's a hierarchy of caring. <laughs> but yes, but absolutely. And I, and I think that that, and, and I think coupled with what both the BBC and Absolute Radio are doing now in terms of high-definition sound, in terms of making sure that both the classical proms, if I can call them that, and the electric proms um, had a lot, of, uh, a lot of HD sound uh, to them online. Uh, Absolute Radio recently countered that with um, four times the amount of bandwidth for their Elton John concert recently um, to make sure that that sounded um, you know, brilliant as well. And I think that's really good... Um, for those that care, and it is a minority, but for those that really care about audio sound quality, all of a sudden, I think, we are seeing a lot of, a lot of broadcasters really caring and offering that to the minority that want it in ways that, that, that they can actually find, find that great you know, audio quality. And it sends an important marketing message as well, doesn't it, that you care, not just for those who enjoy the difference, but for all listeners. Absolutely, yeah. Plus, I was going to say, from a technology point of view, it always starts as the early adopters and the people who really care, but actually it paves the way for what will be happening in the future. And I wanted to add, from a creative production point of view, the piece of audio we've just heard there from the World Service is using a a production technique that perhaps, Chris, is more suited to popular music radio, beat matching and and fusing and uh, mashing up different tracks together. Yeah, well, it's very interesting to hear that piece. There's a lot of different layers, not just so much that. But I also noticed that, unlike definitely in commercial radio, I could hear the breath. In, in when he was speaking and it was actually quite nice because it, it adds to the tone of that particular piece which has been played you know and uh, you wouldn't hear that on commercial radio whatsoever so that, that was quite interesting because you would hear the beat matching but you wouldn't hear the breath so we don't breathe in commercial radio we don't have time <laughs> hello. hello 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 say hello to hundreds of voice artists who love being part of great radio production at hellohobsons.com i'm steve martin and you're listening to the earshot creative review and the earshot creative review hd <laughs> uh, so chris let's stick with you and uh, what's your audio you brought along here well it's a piece that i think uh, we played on your podcast earlier this year and uh, one of the reasons i really like this piece is uh further to some discussion earlier about tying in the creative idea uh, i think one of the things i've noticed in this country is there are not a lot of people that are embracing that fact there are definitely a few places but coming from a country like new zealand where i may be uh, offending some people but arguably a higher uh, pickup of ideas and technology than other places i know we're a testing ground for a lot of stuff um we've embraced ideas and using that to sell things so coming here and and seeing that it's not a very prevalent uh 
You seem we're a bit backward here. Yeah, look, you are. Well, you're, you're still talking about it. That's the problem. You're not doing it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to meet Joe and, and Sue at Jack FM and, and do some cover production. And, and this is one particular piece where I got to, you know, play around with putting the idea, which Jack is really famous for doing, into something that you could argue is usually quite boring, like a music demonstrator. For a moment to tell you, bullshit piece of crap. <clears throat> Sorry. As I was saying, mother face. Um. Right. Anyway, at Jack FM, we've got musical tourettes letting us play and say bum <clears throat> What we want. <laughs> I remember hearing that last time you played it on the podcast. I was sitting on, t- on the top deck of a bus and I just burst out laughing for no reason. Oh, it's brilliant. I, I mean, Jack and Absolute Radio really embrace the personality of the radio station. They, you know, they know what they stand for. They, their audience knows what they stand for, and therefore they're much harder to offend and surprise the audience. <laughs> so, therefore, you can just keep pushing that, pushing it, and pushing it, and that's just brilliant. So, how how many times did you actually broadcast that, Chris? Uh, I don't know, uh, maybe once or twice or a few times. Uh, a lot more. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had access to Linker, so <laughs> just sort of squeeze them in there. Um, you should have heard the versions that didn't go to air. Um, there were a lot tighter edits on that, um, but we, we managed to get there in the end. <laughs> and in the voice session, what did you actually get Paul Darrow to say? Fuck bum, shit balls. Okay. <laughs> Good to have those in stock. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you never know when you need that. Um, actually, I would, I, can I be cheeky and play a second piece? Since most other people have, I thought I would. <laughs> um, and this is just a piece. Uh, this is just a, a, sort of an idea of how we do S&P in New Zealand. Wow, huge feet. Well, you know what they say. Big feet, big pee. Shoes? Um, I was going to say big pee. Shoes. No, no, not shoes. Big pee. Win a brand new pair from ZM. Look, I'll just wait till you finish. Get to the new live-footed shoe store, Cornelidit and Devon Streets. Try on Cinderella's shoe, and if it fits, you win new shoes. Unlike the fairy tale, there's no Prince Charming involved. One more time. Big feet, big pe- Shoes. <sighs> Look, forget it. What? Nothing. Win a free pair thanks to live-footed shoes and Taranaki's 988ZM. It's a little bit comical, but again, it, it's trying to tie in something that's entertaining to the listener uh, whilst selling shoes. And I don't know how many uh, <laughs> listeners really want shoes, you know? <laughs> We all need shoes. True, true, true. Chris, you're working at WizFX now, and I just wanted to ask, as the kind of independent production guy here who's doing a lot of imaging work, what have been the big trends of this year for you? Well, in actual fact, uh, one of the things I've noticed the most is definitely uh, a lack of creativity, uh, which is probably why I'm playing audio that's so old. Uh, A lot of stuff is very, very straight, very safe. Now, my sort of thought on that would probably be because of the recession. I think clients are playing it safe they're spending their money they may be spending the same as what they spent but they want to dictate a lot more of what they're getting to get the best value for their money they don't want to risk losing any business because they need to make all the money that they're spending or trying to you know deliver to the shareholder so i think creativity has died somewhat but you know hopefully next year that will come back i think one of the things that affects risk taking is that you know when I look at the complaints that are upheld from advertising point of view, sometimes there is one complaint and that is upheld and therefore an advert gets pulled, a promo gets taken off air. You know, 400,000 people listen to something, it offends somebody and it gets removed and I actually think that's a real failing of the complaint system because, you know, like great comedians who push to the edge slightly, you know, they say never a true word spoken in jest, all that stuff. Actually, I, I think that has affected you know, affected the creativity, particularly in, in this country. I, too, am a former New Zealander. <laughs> but uh, I think it affects the creativity because people are a little bit afraid to offend somebody. We're actually you know, really pointed stuff, really on the edge of stuff that's a bit different. Sometimes has to just, just tickle a couple of people the wrong way. And I think you know, we're afraid to do that. I, I, used, to, uh, I used to head up a creative um, team at, at uh, Hallam FM in uh, Sheffield. Hello, Hallam FM. Um, and uh, the managing director of the time wouldn't let us go live with one of the ads that we'd written now we'd written this ad for a 
It was a company that did uh, commercial vehicle uh, exhaust silencing. Uh, that was the you know rock and roll, rock and roll in <laughs> Sheffield. Um, and the tagline that um, a fantastic uh, copywriter called uh, Andrew Baird uh, ended up writing, um, he, he wouldn't allow to go on the air. It was, um, we'll shut the truck up or get the truck out, which, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was just brilliant. But sadly, sadly, n- not allowed on the air because it might offend that one person that might yeah. complain to the IBA or the, the radio authority at the time. I, uh, one point I think is quite valid too is that one person that complains, if they, they, they don't like it, sure, but how many other people have you reached with that particular piece of copy or audio? And, you know, I like to think if I've got a complaint, I've done my job. Not so much nowadays, but certainly when I was based at a, a station that was delivering creative content all the time. One complaint, great, that's a success. And did the client agree with you? Well, a lot of the time I think the complaints came from... Uh, pieces that weren't client driven uh, you definitely have to you know pick and choose the clients that you do these dangerous pieces for uh, but uh, in New Zealand again I think sometimes the way that was well, certainly the station I was working at the way that it was driven was you've bought a promotion great we'll do what we want now thanks for the money <laughs> <laughs> my my uh, my favorite complaint when I was at uh, at uh, Hallam was it was just a, uh, it was just a bit a particularly shouty ad I think <laughs> and somebody wrote in in capital letters this is back in the days when people used to write in and somebody wrote in in capital letters quite possibly in green ink and it said and I quote there's enough shouting and shit going on without you starting <laughs> <laughs> I once had a complaint when we changed some music on the BBC World Service from one piece of music to another piece of music, both just commissioned tracks, and somebody wrote in to say that their life was over and it wasn't worth living anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> OK, well, it wouldn't be right to go through a December, a snowy December podcast without playing something related to snow, so let's turn to a radio station that's never knowingly offended anyone. Uh, this comes from BBC Suffolk. Winter is here, it's that crisp time of year When the snowflakes are fluttering out of the sky And as soon as they are, every bus, train and car Seems to grind to a halt, though I've no idea why Frosty and keen, every tree seems to gleam And a blanket of snow makes the world look so nice Night after night, not a gritter in sight And the pavement is if you're not particularly a winter person, you'll be glad to know that BBC Radio Suffolk's Snowline will be working throughout the chilly season to make sure you know about every blocked road, school closure, black ice patch, avalanche, impending ice age, and thaw-related flood disaster, so you can take the necessary action. I don't like to shirk, but I can't get to work, so I'll just have to stay here in bed instead. BBC Radio Suffolk's Snowline. Weather permitting. I can see Joe Thomas from the look on your face. You enjoyed that. I thought it was brilliant. I thought that that would really stand out, especially listening to BBC Suffolk, which I'd never heard, but sure, it's brilliant. And that just jumps out. And I mean, it's for the snow line, it's not an exciting thing, uh, (laughs) but that makes it. I want to call, see what's going on. In a case like that, where someone in the BBC has produced something really excellent and is worthwhile audio, would that then be shared? Would, Would every single BBC radio, regional, local radio station play that or not? Well, James, you've worked on a BBC local radio station. How does it work there? That was in the last century. (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd like to... I think, actually, they're they're pretty good at sharing ideas, so I'd like to think that probably some of that that sort of thing would be be shared. I know they sort of share ideas and even share sort of voices for voicing promos, and I think something like that is is brilliant. You know, you you could make it work pretty much anywhere yeah. no well done thanks sir jim uh, jim bowman at bbc suffolk for Thank sending you. that in great radio production and the people who make it the earshot creative review sponsored by hobson right let's turn our attention to 2011 and uh, some predictions david i know you've got some uh, predictions for the next year yes uh well just based on what we've been talking about today I think my prediction is that uh, Absolute Radio will run out of decades (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that they will have to launch an Absolute Radio Futures where they will play 10 years of music not yet made (laughs) 
James. <laughs> They've really tried that. Absolutely really extreme. Whatever whatever <laughs> happened to that? Um, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting 12 months for uh, radio. I think that the way that we consume radio is going to, um, is going to potentially change quite a lot. Uh, in the next uh, 12, 12 months, and certainly we're seeing um, the way that uh, the way that people are sitting and enjoying f- uh, their favourite radio uh, content is really changing, and it's changing away from uh, analog AM and FM, which will still be really important, and there's no sign of any switch off soon. But things like DAB, and more importantly, the internet and hybrid radios, those radios that are clever enough to merge broadcast radio, which is brilliant, a great way of reaching hundreds of thousands of people at the same time, and the internet which is a great way of getting a back channel and a great way of personalising what you're hearing. Um, I think that those kind of technologies will come in. And actually, wouldn't that be interesting if you, instead of making one ad um, sponsored by Sky Sports uh, upgrade now, actually knew whether or not your audience had Sky Sports, uh, had Sky even, and were able to tailor the, the messages specifically for your audience. That all of a sudden changes the game completely, uh, and that should be really exciting. And given that that's a prediction for just next year, what should production people on radio stations be thinking about now in order to take advantage of that? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not even sure it's a prediction for next year. On, uh, on uh, Spotify, for example, I, I'm hearing ads for new housing estates one mile away from my house. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's both scary uh, and also really interesting. Um, I think, so I think it's really how can you... Um, uh, how can you look at the type of content that you make and see, well, how how could you personalise that? How could you make that a more interesting and relevant l- listen? Because that's the only difference in between annoying advertising and great content is the relevancy it has to people. David. Yes, I have a real prediction as well. So I had a good look at UK Radio Player just recently, the internet portal that now makes it, ex- well, from January means you can access every radio station more or less bbc and commercial from one website as change your radio stations online as easy as changing the dial on your radio and i think that will dramatically i hope it will actually dramatically grow the the amount of people listening online and what's really interesting about that is it brings the bbc audience and commercial audience into the same location so someone who might have only ever listened to BBC Three, they think the BBC is the only home of classical music, might be on there. And actually, while listening to that, will find you know, easy access to Classic FM and easy and might sample. And, and suddenly, uh, you know, the the interchange between radio stations is so simple. I think it will make a big difference to uh, to internet radio. Yeah, and I and I think certainly if you look at the amount of content that's consumed through the iPlayer, which is going up and up, uh, I think actually you know it's a real opportunity for commercial radio if they take it to actually go. Oh right, okay, so we can actually grab more audience from uh, more audience from all of the other radio stations who are in who are in the um, the the player. And conversely, we need to make sure that we keep those audiences as well. And why wouldn't a commercial radio station do that with Radio Player, given that the barrier for entry is pretty low? The barrier for entry, so far as I understand it, is a is a healthy lunch. Um, so um, why wouldn't a radio station do that? I, I wouldn't know, really. It, it, it would make sense with the opportunities of both of both what the internet can also give you and also of... DAB, which only has you know five times the amount of listenership of of internet radio, um, so uh, both of both of those opportunities really give you the the opportunity and chance to grow your brand like never. Uh, and actually, I, I find it surprising that there aren't um, radio groups stampeding their way to the multiplex operators and saying, "Guys, we've got to have another three versions of uh, of uh, Heart." You know, why why is it Absolute Radio, a rock station, doing an eight um, uh, station when frankly that should be Hart's main Hart's main core you know uh, James you're at the BBC what do you predict for the next year <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not no I, I, I think um, following off what David said about um, radio player and the, the opportunities that uh, online off- offers radio you, we, we've already seen a couple of brilliant experiments well not experiments but sort of forays into visualising radio one in very intense ways but they, they, they offer visual content all, all the time in different ways and 
uh, Radio 2 do it and uh, commercial radio doing it more and more. I saw the uh, a photo of Capital's new uh, new studios uh, today, in fact, and uh, you, th- you you look at that and you think that, that looks like a, a set for a TV show. You know, I, I, I think, you know, Capital are going to put a stake in the ground next year and say, you know, we are going to offer a lot of, you know, content, additional content. They're still doing radio. You know, they, they, they do hit music radio very well and I, you know, that's a huge opportunity for them next year rolling out, out the network. But I, I think I'm, I'm hoping, you know, that they that what they are you know, proposing to do will be, you know, up the, up the game in terms of what the visual content they offer. Because I think, you know, the additional stuff and Absolute do it as well. You know, I think that, that that's what bring younger. Young, younger people into radio and particularly when they're not actually consuming radio if they're searching out content you know we were talking before this about you know the, the server farms and the rooms that Google have uh, or Facebook have for Justin Bieber you know if you're searching Justin Bieber and you're getting a hit on Capital you, 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 it, it's another opportunity to get people in there you know as well um, I reckon um well, that absolute radio Middle Ages will launch just to, <laughs> to fill those gaps. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested it's to see. Classic FM, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really interested to see um, how Global and Bowers. Um, view on uh, DB will change in the next year uh, will he still take the, the, the route they're taking now or will he actually say actually we do need to get behind this um, it's the, is the, is the future um, and also um, how um, the new capital network will sound um, I think Chris is the man behind it um, one of the men behind it um, and I think it's going to sound really interesting are they going to keep local as well as is it going to go totally national how is it going to work well joe make your prediction now and then i'll ask chris to see if you're right um i i think it will sound brilliant chris chris (laughs) chris is joe right you're saving me yes it will sound amazing uh there's certainly a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on uh trying to figure out how it will all work I know that we've ironed out most of it Uh, I'm not privy to a lot of things but the production sound that we have will be what we have now but probably a little bit better which would be nice wouldn't it so yes uh, off the back of some of the predictions I think um, one thing that will need to happen is radio is less and less radio it's entertainment it's a brand it has to deliver more than just a song with a link or whatever it, it needs to be video content internet content social media uh, more and more I think it's going to move towards visual because people spend more time on the internet I mean I can be on my internet on the phone talking to a friend at the same time whilst working at a radio station I mean if that doesn't show my consumption of media then I don't know what does so it has to be more about a convergence of all of it into one single brand Finally, I'm looking forward to Absolute Radio 40s, the only radio station with the Doris Day guarantee. Yeah! <laughs> um, a few of us in my office uh, thought that maybe a gold would merge with Hallam to become Gollum <laughs> with Bilbo Baggins at breakfast. Um, cutbacks at the BBC mean BBC Radio Kent becomes Radio Skint, Stoke becomes Stony Broke, and Solent becomes Silent. Uh, Eagle and Kestrel will breed. And on the south coast, Bournemouth's Fire will merge with Worthing's Splash to become Steam. <laughs> uh, next time, it'll be a new year, and we'll be launching our new competition when you can win a voice session with an artist from Hobson's. We'll explain how all that works in January's podcast. And if you'd like to be part of the Earshot Creative Review in 2011, now's a great time to get in touch. You can email earshot at smartin.me. And all the details about the podcast are at earshotcreative.com. Earshotcreative.com. Thanks to all the crowd here today. Thank you, guys. Uh, special thanks to Chris uh, WizFX for our imaging. Yay. And to our sponsor, Hobson's. Yay. And thanks to you for being within earshot. We're off for a festive drink in the Strand Palace Hotel. Recently refurbished and generally nicer than it used to be. And that's an actual quote from the manager. <laughs> from all of us, have a great festive break and see you next year. Show notes, photos, links and details of how you can be part of the Earshot Creative Review. Find us at earshotcreative.com.